It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's that simple. Where every single Friday, like today, even from a Boston hotel room, instead of going out and exploring this wonderful city, I'll sit here and answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts y'all I asked yesterday I needed questions people were asking me about oh hey could OJ Howard be a Carolina Panther OJ Howard signed in Cincinnati they're asking me about Alex Leatherwood who could he be a Carolina Panther the Chicago Bears picked him up on waivers those questions did not matter and even the people who asked me that were saying oh I know I'm gonna ask this question and then it's gonna be already answered before I even get to the Friday mailbags okay if you're gonna do that and you're gonna think about that just ask me, ask me a question that might be a little bit more evergreen moving forward. Either way, I appreciate everyone out there who reaches out and asks questions. And I put out the APB telling y'all that if you don't send me more questions in, there will be no podcast. And I woke up Thursday morning in Charlotte and I saw a lot of DMs. And I was like, okay, looks like I need to go back home, grab my computer, and bring my mic so I can actually do a podcast. Fly to Boston on JetBlue, wonderful airline. It would be nice, though, if I could be able to hang my tuxedo my carry bag instead of having to fold it up in the overhead compartment. Like, what are we doing here? American Airlines would never treat me this way. Either way, get off the plane, seven DMs, and we're ready to go. So let me not stall anymore. Let's answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on this edition of Lockdown Panthers. And starting off with a long one. Matt apparently seems like he's from Canada. He's from the UK, actually. Um, he used to be a Browns fan, but no longer is it a Browns fan. You can guess why he's not a Browns fan anymore. Saying, loving the show and thank you for all the daily content. But it was a strange one for me, as I've been a Cleveland fan for 10 years and could not morally support an organization that goes out to get Deshaun Watson. Okay. I felt for Baker because he does have potential to definitely continue being a starting quarterback in the NFL. I always had a soft spot for the Panthers. Therefore, have tradition transitioned into support in supporting the Panthers after all. Cool. 
Also, looking at other things, such as direct flights from the UK, as I'm really keen to catch some games this season, I saw them in London when they played the Buccaneers against Jameis in that horrendous game. Yes, for the Bucs. Okay, here's his question, though. What do you think about the current situation in our linebacker room, apart from Shaq Thompson? This seems to be quite a weak group that is filled with special teams as a, as special team, with a special teams as a player who in the middle of the road. Okay, I'm trying to read that. Thanks again for all the content. Hope I'm not hated on too much for transitioning into a Panthers fan. No, all are welcome. Um, and also, choose happiness, man. And also, if you don't want to be a Browns fan, why would you want to be a Browns fan anyway? I question why you're a Browns fan for 10 years, watching that team lose constantly year in and year out. But your question about the linebacker position. Yeah, it's not seen as one of the strongest position groups here on the roster ending 2022. Shaq Thompson, who battled through a knee injury where he told us, what, last week when he came out the pup list that he had bone-to-bone issue last year and played through that. And also the foot injury that occurred week four on the road against Dallas. I think he's going to be fantastic again this season. Frankie Louvu, who in spots on special teams and the limited snaps he played last season as a backup to Son Reddick, looked really good. So those two guys, I'm excited about this upcoming season. Damian Wilson. Legal issues aside, down there in uh, Dallas, he was really good last season in Jacksonville. Him and Corey Littleton add experience to this roster. Now, I did see Phil Snow when he spoke to the media on Thursday saying that he thinks that Brandon Smith, the rookie out of Penn State, will start for them at some point in time this season. If you watch the preseason, which I hope you didn't watch too much of the preseason, that's why I told you not to do that, I'll do it for you, Brandon Smith looked really good. And he looks like someone who can be a future starter at that position group. But that was my hope when I saw them draft him out of Penn State in the fourth round. He was a five-star recruit coming out of the state of Virginia out of high school. Never really met that potential in the Big Ten playing at Penn State. But so far, early on, at least for the preseason, the man has potential and Phil Snow sees that. So I think the linebacker group will be a little bit better. And they need to be better, especially if the Carolina Panthers want to be able to stop to run this season, something they have not done the last couple of years. And coincidentally, Luke Keekley has been gone the last two seasons since Matt Rule took over here in Carolina. All right, uh, a lot of questions about which position group is the weakest, which one is the strongest. Jake asked me, with the 53-man roster set, Jake, not set, it's initial, it's not set, we've already seen. They signed a new kicker, Pinheiro. I haven't seen the uh, the corresponding movie out with Sam Darnold going on IR. That's going to happen. It's going to be a fluid situation. But uh, you want to know what the strongest group is. And then Will's Osco asked me basically the same question about what group I'm most excited to see going this year. He said, also, go Heels. What's your prediction at App this weekend? Uh, 29 years of experience watching Carolina football tells me that they're probably going to go up the mountain and lose. I think App has like 21, like fifth or sixth year players. They have a bunch of grown men. Carolina, great athletes. But that program has always been soft, and I'm expecting them to go out there and lose on the mountain, hoping that doesn't happen. But I have no faith in Mac Brown's program to get it done on Saturday. If that makes me a bad fan, whatever. I spend my money to go watch them play season tickets so I can say where the hell I want about Carolina football. And Travis also basically asking about strongest position group, what I'm excited to see. And then he said something about my take on Sheena Quick um, being on Pat McAfee's show. She had some take. I don't know. I didn't see that. I see she's up there a lot, which is good for her. But as far as strongest position group, hmm. I would want to say the secondary, looking at Jeremy Chin, back-to-back years, 100 tackles, only other players have done that in Panthers history, Luke Keekley, John Beeson. He's on that trajectory to be a pro bowler, a perennial all-pro, and Steve Wilkes, a new secondary coach, used to be a defensive coordinator here under Ron Rivera's regime. He's talking about trying to get him to the all-pro level. Look at Dante Jackson, look at C.J. Henderson, look at J.C. Horn. Two of those guys are top 10 picks over the last two seasons in Henderson and in Horn, and who we barely got to see last season, and in Dante – 
four years, we know he's not a number one corner. The guy's pretty damn good, too, when he's out there and he's healthy, which he has not been the last two years. I would say the secondary right now to me. And Xavier Woods played every snap last season for a Minnesota Vikings defense under um, led by Mike uh, Zimmer, who is no longer up there in Minnesota. Someone got the secondary is probably the uh, top group here for the Carolina Panthers heading into this 2022 season. All right, let's move on. About the wide receivers now. I'm getting a lot of questions about that. Eric says, hey, Julian, question for the Friday mailbag. Since we only have Baker Mayfield and PJ on the roster, it makes sense that we add another quarterback, and I can't help but notice that Gardner Minshew is dot, 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 still not going to be a Panther, but I just wanted to mess with you. Eric, like I told you last time when you made uh, one of those joke questions about Gardner Minshew, I hate you, but I also love you and appreciate your humor. His actual question, though, is, am I crazy, or is the wide receiver group we have this year the most well-constructed we have had we have ever seen on the Panthers? Bucky Brooks says wide receiver room should be built like a basketball team with various size slash skill sets. Do you see that, too, or am I just wearing rose-colored glasses over here? And then Josh also asked a question about the wide receiver group, asking uh, with LaVisca Chenault in the mix at wideout, how do you see that wideout core turning out heading into week one? Yeah, you know, that's interesting that Bucky Brooks says that. Tar Heel, by the way. Uh, Bucky Brooks talking about the wide receiver room being built like a basketball team. Let's go back to a couple years ago when Cam Newton was the quarterback here, and it seemed like the only receivers they had any interest in were guys that were like 6'6", 6'5". Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches. How did that work out for the two of them? Not great. Both players, not very good. Had their moments, especially Kelvin his, his rookie year. But other than that, didn't get that effort, didn't get the energy that we need week in and week out, and really didn't get the production. Yes, across the board, when you go back to the 03 season, when it was Steve Smith, Moose, Ricky Prohl, that was probably the best collection as far as trio wide receivers the Carolina Panthers have ever had. Now with DJ Moore, fingers crossed Robbie Anderson can back, bounce back after having what really was the anomaly as far as the career he's had so far last season. Sam Darnold, offensive line being bad, I think that plays a role into it, but also Robbie just got to catch the ball, dude, and maybe not call it the fan base. But either way, those two guys – Bring in Terrace Marshall, who has been up and down, was the wide receiver three. When he's been healthy, he's flashed. If he can find some sort of consistency in the emergence of of Shai Smith, who I thought going into training camp was likely going to be the odd man out, but the sixth-rounder out of of South Carolina from a year ago has looked really good. And I'm excited to see what Shai can bring. And then Richard Higgins, who has um, a history with Baker in Cleveland, Chenault, I'm not necessarily excited about that, but there's a lot of options. And Carolina has lacked options, and it's somewhat frustrating as someone who's followed this team for his entire life to have seen what they gave Cam Newton and then to see what they've given Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold and now Baker Mayfield. And I'm excited about Baker. It's just like, why couldn't Marty Herney or Dave Gettleman ever give Cam Newton the kind of weapons that are around him back when he was in Carolina, that they now have here now. So, yeah, I agree that this is probably the most well-constructed wide receiver group. They have seven of them, Andre Roberts included, who's not going to be asked to be an every-down wide receiver, but as a returner, hopefully he can give something in the return game. So, I agree. I don't think it's rose-colored glasses, Eric. I think it's an astute assessment of where this wide receiver group is and a job that Scott Fitter and, I guess, even Matt Rule have done in building this offense over the course of the last two off-seasons, but particularly this off-season. All right, uh, let's get, take a quick pause here, then answer more of your questions on this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week in games. Bet on App State. Just telling you right now, 
Tar Heels. Don't ever trust them in this situation. And also, NC State going to ECU. We know what happens when any team in the state of North Carolina in college football has expectations. They lose. So I'm taking the Mountaineers and the Pirates. Makes me sick to say that this weekend. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Live Tour, if you're interested in that, it's in Boston. Maybe you should go check that out this weekend. Hard pass. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's get to more of your questions on this weekly edition of the Friday Mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Again, next week to participate, either at me or DM me at Julian Council. Don't ask, don't make me do it like I did this week. Don't make me threaten not to give you all a podcast. Give me the questions. Come on, man. All right, moving on to Steven, though, um, who has a very interesting question, and I guess he's serious about this. <laughs> he says, appreciate the daily content. Julian, appreciate you, Steven. Hashtag keep pounding. I've been saying since March that Lamar Jackson should come to Carolina. If he doesn't get his contract situation figured out in Baltimore, what is holding the Panthers back from pursuing Lamar Jackson next offseason? Well, the salary cap would be one. <laughs> I think we need to let the whole situation with Baker Mayfield play out before talking about what options they might have in the quarterback market in uh, March of 2023 should be. I also don't think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be dumb enough to let Lamar Jackson walk away. Like, they're going to figure out a situation. And it, he's not going to walk for anything. They're going to franchise tag him. And if he wants to get traded elsewhere, where that next team – would have to give him an extension, that's going to cost draft picks. The Carolina Panthers, as we went over two days ago, are giving up all their draft picks on players who might not even be proven commodities, like Chenault and Henderson, Sam Darnold, who's a bum. Like We've seen what they've done by giving up a bunch of late-round picks, really, but still a lot of capital they could use in a potential trade to try and bring Lamar Jackson. That's the way it's going to happen. Like Lamar ain't coming now, and next offseason, Baltimore's getting something. He's not walking away for free from Baltimore. I, again, though, I just don't see that happening. I saw Russell Wilson, for whatever reason, got another deal. Um. Oh, wow, Donovan Mitchell just got traded as I'm watching this in real time. He's going to Cleveland? Holy crap. Um. But back to the football. I uh, saw Lamar Jackson got a like $245 million deal earlier on Thursday. Like I think that – I said Russell Wilson, right? Yeah, Russell Wilson. So that's what exactly is probably going to set the market as far as what – Lamar Jackson wants in Baltimore and if he came here. So what's preventing them? It's the uh, whole fact of, hey, do they have cap space to retain a quarterback at that kind of price? Like They're probably going to get Baker for cheaper than Lamar Jackson is going to get paid in Baltimore. I just don't think that's like a realistic scenario right now heading into the weekend and then next week, week one. Like Let's not focus too much on what's going on with Lamar. Just focus on hoping that Baker Mayfield might be the right guy. Uh, not a Colby. 
who says, I know Zane was good last year, but now we are once again iffy at kicker. Is it time to draft a good young kicker in about the fifth round next year? Like you said, we got Zane on a up year. Yes, we did. He's been yo-yoing. He was good one year, bad one year, good one year, bad one year, good one year. And I was hoping that the consistency, which we saw in the preseason, would carry over. And I was fairly confident yet skeptical, which that's just my nature, that Zane Gonzalez would work out and turn out to be a really good kicker for the Carolina Panthers again this upcoming season. Pinheiro went over it. Chicago back in 2019, pretty solid. Then it was injured with a, with a groin injury in 2020. Then last year was on was cut, then on a practice squad, then was with the Jets for five games. He's just okay, and, and we'll see. The fact that he has a relationship with Chris Tabor and there's history there, that's why he's here in Carolina. He was a great kicker in Florida. And a lot of these guys were really good kickers in college, especially um, especially Eddie Pinheiro. Like Joey Sly at Virginia Tech, big leg. Not not accurate at all. But he has a big leg, so he got an opportunity in the NFL. And, again, the NFL cares more about traits than actual ability a lot of times. If things don't work out with Pinheiro, they do have Zane Gonzalez under contract again next season. I can try and pull it up real quick to see what his contract numbers are. They aren't that high and I don't think it'd be that prohibitive if the Carolina Panthers wanted to cut him I just don't think that's something so it's a two-year 4.5 million dollar deal and if they cut him after this upcoming season and I went to the wrong uh, one but they cut him after this upcoming season I doubt that they get much as far as salary cap relief I would say just go with Zane if there's a kicker out there, get him maybe in like the seventh round like they did with Harrison Bucker. We're not going to sit here and relitigate the Carolina Panthers not keeping Bucker around, like as I've, I've mentioned multiple times in the podcast. Graham Gano beat him out. That was a team that I was expecting to do the playoffs that year. Graham Gano was a pro bowler, and things didn't work out in the end when Graham got hurt. And once Graham was healthy, he wasn't missing a kick at all in New York and got a fat deal. Panthers might have bungled that whole situation, especially Matt Rule, by going to Joey Sly instead of, instead of – um, Instead of uh, Graham, I think that's the only thing we can really complain about. But let's not sit here and try to act like Harrison Bucker. The whole the, how that situation played out was necessarily. I mean, yeah, hindsight twenty twenty, you'd rather have him, but also understand like if at the time what was really going on and what decisions led to him going, what led to the decision for him not to be here in Carolina that season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they want to draft a kicker. They think there's someone out there. Why not? Okay, got Alexander now. He said, hey, Julian, do you think this should be DJ's best year yet due to Baker coming to Carolina? That's the hope. We've sat here for years and talked about what if DJ Moore had a quarterback. Sam Darnold was not that. Teddy Bridgewater was not that. Kyle Allen, who y'all told me was a franchise, damn sure wasn't that. Heineke, Will Greer, first cam when he was breaking down, the cam we saw last year. When he was already broke down, and it was a fun 10 days, though, I hope so. Like, DJ Moore has been one of the most undervalued, underrated receivers in the National Football the last couple of years because Carolina doesn't have a quarterback. He's not on primetime. And as far as fantasy football-wise, and that is a big part to do with the perception of players, because fans out there, some guy who's sitting up there in Berea, Ohio, or out in Sammamish, Washington, is like, oh, DJ Moore never scores touchdowns. So he must suck. No, the team just stinks. The quarterbacks just stink. That's what's been holding DJ back. And he, I think it's like him and Stephon Diggs up in Buffalo. Like the last three years, the only receivers that have like over like 1,200, 1,300 yards, something like that. And then like total. So yeah, I think DJ should have a, a huge year this year. As long as Baker Mayfield takes care of the football, does what he's been doing. We haven't really seen a lot of DJ and Baker as far as in the preseason. Looked like down in training camp at Spartanburg, they had a really good connection. 
So just thinking that this is the best quarterback he's had, he can only get better than what he's been doing the last couple seasons, and he's coming into his own also as a receiver, entering his fifth year here in Carolina. Uh, got an NFC South question here from Willie. Uh, he says, do you think we are overlooking Atlanta and New Orleans this season? Both those offenses have explosive playmakers and solid quarterback play. Camara suspension might not be until 2023 season two. Uh, who is on Atlanta's team that you're concerned about? Seriously, who, who from the Atlanta Falcons is scaring you on offense? Calvin Ridley's out for the season for gambling on football. You worried about Drake London? Kyle Pitts? I mean, yeah, okay, those guys are... Certainly, athletic specimens could be good down the road. Marcus Mariota, is you think he's gonna go out there and like Cordero or Patterson? Like they have dudes who can make plays. I'm not. I'm not concerned about Atlanta Falcons at all. It would not surprise me if Carolina lost on the road there because that's just what they do. But they should sweep Atlanta. I'm not concerned about Atlanta at all. Now or- New Orleans, you bring up a good point. I still believe in Jameis. Jameis looked like he was on his way to having a good season last year. And had they not been saddled with Taysom Hill. And with Trevor Simeon a year ago, and Jameis would have stayed healthy, that's a playoff team. Also, if Jimmy G didn't bring back San Francisco from down like 17 in the fourth quarter, in the second half, whatever, against the Rams in week 18 a year ago, New Orleans is going to the playoffs. You add Chris Olave from Ohio State, and that dude is special. Jarvis Landry, he's come back home. Michael Thomas, I guess, might be healthy finally. That's the best receiving core that they've had in a long time down in New Orleans. And it's basically only been. Michael Thomas. So, yeah, I think they can be explosive offensively with Kamara as well out there and a healthy Jameis Winston. I think Jameis can be a good player. The conversation that we kind of had last season was, who do you believe in more, Jameis or Sam? Like, I was saying Jameis. Like, Sam Darnold, I saw him play in New York. He was terrible. At least Jameis Winston in the 30-for-30 season, which is still spectacular. That's He went out there and threw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks in a single season in the NFL. He has the capability to make plays. He's just an idiot. Off the field and on the field at times. Sean Payton seemed to be reining really it in last year. We'll see what it looks like now that Sean Payton's gone. I think New Orleans can be good. But I still think Carolina, at the worst, should be 4-2 in the NFC South. Sweep Atlanta, at least beat New Orleans at home, beat Tampa at home. They're a lot closer this year than they've been the last couple seasons. So maybe I am overlooking them. Maybe I'm overlooking the Falcons. Because I'm not looking at the Falcons at all. Like They are out of sight, out of mind. Down 85 South under construction they suck New Orleans though yeah that team can be a playoff team and they can absolutely uh be the second best team in the NFC South maybe even win the division this upcoming season I'm not gonna overlook them I just think Carolina should be able to split with them and take care of business against Atlanta this upcoming season all right gonna take one more quick pause and then come back and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All 
All right, let's uh, wrap up some things with a couple more questions here on the show. I have uh, George, who's one of our Canadian listeners out there in Montreal. Okay. He said he started following the Panthers since they brought in Baker. <laughs> okay, so that's very, very new. Um, he's the reason why I started watching football back in 2018. Okay, I like that. Been listening to the pod almost every day since early July, and you do an awesome job. Thank you, George, for the love up there in Montreal. Uh, go Habs, by the way. Canadians, for the folks who don't know. Um, what do you think is the earliest Scott Fitter would sign Baker to an extension if he plays well? Or would it be a situation where they wait till the end of the season to weigh all their options? If so, you got to imagine he'd need to win at least seven to eight, maybe nine games, get that extension. But I want to know your thoughts. I also want to know what you think Baker's full season stat line will be. Completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, assuming he and everyone else on offense stays healthy. Thanks, can't wait for week one. Hashtag keep pounding. Keep pounding you to George up there in Montreal. Not going to do the stat line. I'll just say this. If Baker goes out there and throws like 25 touchdowns and has – below 10 interceptions, the team's going to have success. He's going to be in line to get a new contract. That's what I'll say. That's kind of the benchmarks we're looking at. I'll, I'll give you benchmarks. I'm not going to give you, like, completion percentage because I have no idea what this is going to look like. Um, but as far as what the Panthers, Scott Fitterer, really would do, and all this has to be signed off on by the boss man, Dave Tepper, who apparently hates all of you fans, as he was saying uh, to us on the broadcast on Friday night, carpetbag and Yankee. Um, either way. Back to the football. Yeah, with Baker, my thought is, though, the K- Scott Fitter has already said this. They're going to let things play out. So remember last year, Sam Darnold, first three weeks? Oh, man, looks like he's going to be comeback player of the year. How did that turn out? He stinks. He's no longer the starting quarterback. The Carolina Panthers need to let things play out throughout the first eight weeks, 12 weeks, and the full 18-week season. That's what they need to do to see whether Baker Mayfield – really is a guy worth investing in. Cleveland gave him the fifth-year option after Baker helped him go to the playoffs and beat Pittsburgh and was very close after Patrick Mahomes went down in that divisional game on the road in Kansas City to playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills. And despite all of that, they still weren't sold on Baker Mayfield. They weren't ready to give him an extension. Because as we've seen, after that third season, especially for those first-round quarterbacks, that's when they're getting extensions. That's when Patrick Mahomes got an extension. That's when Josh Allen got an extension. That is typically how things are going. And after this upcoming season, I'm sure Justin Herbert out in Los Angeles with the Chargers, that's when he's going to get an extension. If you don't get one then, and that's kind of the reason why Kyler Murray was throwing a, a little temper tantrum out in the desert, these guys don't want to play. And it kind of shows that the team doesn't necessarily believe in them as that long-term guy. So Carolina needs to look at the entire 17-game sample size this upcoming season before making any sort of decision whether Baker is the guy or not. So, no, I don't think they should give him a contract before the season's out. And then even once you get to the offseason, what are your options? Look how the quarterback market has shaked out the last couple seasons. Did anyone think – I mean, Russell – I guess it's not surprising that Russell Wilson's in Denver, but maybe someone like that is available. Who knows? Earlier, someone asked me about Lamar Jackson. Maybe they're in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes if that's what it comes down to in Baltimore. Just wait. See what's out there. But first, in my opinion, the first thing they should do if they're going to bring, try to bring him back is that they need to just go out there and give and give him um, – they got to franchise tag him. Do that first and then take the time to figure out a deal for Brian Burns. Figure out a deal probably for like a guy like Jeremy Chin. And Derek Brown, what do you want to do with him and C.J. Henderson as far as their fifth-year options? 
there's so many other factors are going to play into this upcoming offseason 2023. And that's a long way away that are going to go into the decision of whether they want to bring Baker Mayfield back. But chief among them is Baker going out there and proving that he can be the guy here in Carolina. He's obviously better than Sam Darnold. That was never a question, unless you're a complete moron and think that Darnold somehow is better than him. And sorry if that hurt your feelings, but you're an idiot if you think that he's not better than Sam Darnold. Uh, but either way, like we knew he was going to be better than Sam. It's just, can he be the guy? We'll see. All right, now to David, uh, who apparently did his own predictions on the Panthers, which I'm sure all of y'all do. He said, in doing my annual prediction for the Panthers, I have them missing the playoffs by one game. Oh, how dare you, David? He has them missing to, by one game to San Francisco. After the preseason, is this a realistic expectation for fans, or do we need a more realist approach to Baker and Co.? So I was filling in, I think it was like two weeks ago, on WFNZ in Charlotte, and I was telling people how, and y'all who listen to the podcast know, I'm pretty bullish on this team. Like, I think they're going to go 10 and 7. I'm ready to go out there and say that. I've said it for weeks now, 10 and 7, that's the mark. And a big reason why is because, is because of Baker Mayfield. Again, the dude took the Cleveland freaking Browns to the playoffs and won a game in Pittsburgh. If he can do that, which is the mistake by the lake, a complete dumpster fire, if he can make a miracle happen in Cleveland, look what he can probably do for us here in Charlotte after being irrelevant for the last five seasons. Like, that's possible here in Carolina, I think, or four seasons. 18, 19, 20, yeah, four seasons. I think it is realistic, though, to have the wait-and-see approach. Because 2018... Coming to that 2017 season, when Amazon is in town doing the All or Nothing series, they started off 6-2. and two. After the Tampa Bay game, which I thought it was maybe a little bit of an overreaction, people were starting to talk about Super Bowl. Buccaneers sucked that year. But they were 6-2. and two, And Cam was back in MVP talk. And then what happened? They fell apart in the second half of the season. Cam's shoulder fell apart. Graham Gano's knee fell apart. Missed a key field goal against Seattle. And the Panthers missed the playoffs. Came back in 2019. Added Gerald McCoy. The talk was, okay, again, playoff team. Cam gets hurt in New England. Looks bad against the Rams. Can't get a QB sneak. Doesn't even attempt one against Tampa Bay in a Thursday night football game week two. Team's 0-2. Kyle Allen shows up. Y'all proclaim that he's a savior. Um, turns out he's a false prophet. And the team stinks. So we've had a lot of expectations in the past. In the last two years, really haven't been expectations. So I understand the whole, I'm going to need to believe it. I'm going to have to see it before I believe it first. And I, I get that. For me, I'm just looking at the way that things have built and what my expectations were for Matt Rule when he came here. Like, this is supposed to be the year. And when I look at the roster and I look at what Scott Fitter has built and how some of these guys like Chin and Burns and DJ have developed, I feel good about this team. But you, David, probably have the right approach where – you don't have making the playoffs because Matt Rule is giving you little reason to believe that he can get the job done at this level. In the last two seasons, Chris McCaffrey's not been healthy. O-line should be better. Wide receivers still, I think, overall outside of DJ Moore can be a question mark going into the season, even if it might be the most well-constructed group that we've seen as far as depth there. There certainly are questions that need to be answered. Just for me, I'm going to, I'm just going to buy and I'm going to believe in this team. I just, I really feel good about where they're headed this upcoming season might be dead wrong, and I'll be up here saying how I was a moron, I got it wrong, throw tomatoes at me in the public square, yada, yada, yada. I just don't think that's going to be the case. All right, final question, and Caroline has a hard-hitting question this week for us. <laughs> she is taking issue with how I pronounce the uh, mascot name for the team down there in Jacksonville. She says, why do you say 
Jaguars like Jaguars versus Jaguars. I know others who pronounce it the same way, but don't know why. <laughs> a brief etymology will suffice. Thanks, as always, for doing the Lord's work out there. Going to be a great or at least better season. <laughs> I don't know. Look, here's the only answer I can give you, Carolyn. I went to public school in the state of North Carolina for 13 years. And I was not properly educated until I went to Elon University, a fine private institution in Elon, North Carolina, adjacent to Burlington, North Carolina, in Alamance County. So I'm going to blame my mispronunciation of Jaguars, right? That's the right one, um, with my education in North Carolina. I'm going to blame my teacher. So everyone from Miss Roddy in kindergarten all the way up to whoever my uh, high school senior teacher was, I kind of checked out by that point in time. I'm going to blame them. So, yeah, that's all I got to say. <laughs> I appreciate being called out on that, though. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> okay, that's it, y'all. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. That's what it is. Uh, my name is Julian Council, your host, as always. Uh, please be sure to watch your show, my show. I guess it's our show. This is a whole community, a collective. And be sure to uh, subscribe on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe and make sure to follow me on twitter at julian council so next friday don't have me do it again on wednesday next friday y'all can give me your weekly friday mailbag questions just either at me or dm me on twitter at julian council in the meantime i'm in boston i'm gonna go watch the god awful red sox in Fenway tonight enjoy being up here in beantown but y'all have a happy safe labor day weekend go heels beat app let's go as always keep pounding and i will talk to y'all Monday, Tuesday, I don't know. I'll talk to you when I talk to you. Goodbye. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.